Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore. Still going across midfield. Inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by... Uh, Carolina Panthers beat writer for Sports Illustrated, Skylar Callahan, and the Carolina Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. Our social media handles you can see right here uh, beneath us. Uh, we're on usually twice a week, Monday and Thursday. I know we're going into a Panthers bye week. I believe we will be on Thursday doing a uh, preview around the league since we won't have Panther game this upcoming Sunday. But a lot to discuss. Carolina Panthers victorious. Good win yesterday, uh, according to... Chris Gosen, and it is Open Mailbag Monday for those that are new here. So you can uh, respond to us on the YouTube channel at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You can respond in the comment section, or if you're watching this on Facebook, watch. You can uh, comment there. We'll answer it live on the air. Uh, Panthers winners over the Denver Broncos, 23 to 10 yesterday, to move to four and eight on the season, four and three at home. Uh, interim head coach Steve Wilkes now three and zero at home since taking over for Matt Rule. And uh, all three of those wins have been by double, double digits. So we'll talk about potential of Steve Wilkes hanging on. Uh, Matt Rule's got some new money. We'll talk about what that means for the Carolina Panthers uh, as Matt Rule should be introduced as the new head coach of the University of Nebraska today. So we'll talk about that. Uh, and again, like I said, it's Open Mailbag Monday. So questions, comments, thoughts on the game from yesterday or the Panthers in general, feel free to ask the panel and we'll uh, answer it live here. Before I uh, turn it over to the panel, Quick word from our sponsors over at Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And where we start, of course, every Monday is a recap from uh, yesterday, the Denver Broncos. Did you, before I even get into this, Stu, what score did you pick last uh, last week? Did you pick this score? You I, feel like I, I feel like I did. Either you or, you or me. Um, I, had I, definitely, I, definitely, I definitely had a 10 or a yeah. 3. You did. Because <laughs> I, I was looking at the score, and I was like, that score looks really familiar. And I meant to go check the tape from last week to make, because I, I know one of us was close on this. I yeah. think I had 31 to 31 to 10 or something like that. And I think you had yeah. 20, I think it was like 24, 24 to 10 or something yeah. like that. So we, it was, who was on it this week? Yeah. I'm 17, 13. Yours was 17, but you, you, picked the, you picked the Panthers too. So all three of us yeah. picked the Panthers to win this game. Uh, fellas, I didn't expect to come across a team this season that uh, that has had more issues offensively than us. And uh, that was – I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for it. You know, it came yeah. – hey, 
You already know how I feel. I don't give a damn. Uh, listen. Well, why you mad, Monday? <laughs> hey, man. Look, yo. <laughs> yeah, might as well tell him why I'm mad. Look, this is why I'm mad. I'm mad that they even came here. Like, they ain't no business being here from the get-go. And, like, like, Russell, man, I don't really know what it is, but my man legitimately is just a shell yeah of who he used to be i, I think you said that. you said you said that exact same thing in text or something like that i don't know but like it, it's just like a it's like where where is russell wilson what do you think um, that is do you think I that's the head coach i don't, I, the I don't know like... if it's i don't know if it's him trying to take the reins of like play calling a little bit cuz i know when he was in seattle um, there was moments where you know you see him on the sideline and he, they give him the playbook and let him call plays during preseason. I don't know if it's a little bit of that of him just saying, "Hey, I think we should try this." I don't yeah, know if it's the offense. I don't know if the offensive coordinator sitting over there like, "No, we should try this." They just not on the same page, but I don't care. And I'm really <laughs> glad that we was able to expose them again, like other teams have been exposing them, and that. We didn't miss out on that opportunity to whoop that behind. Our, see, def- be our defense play. went crazy on them. Yeah, Brian Burns was all over the place. Could yeah. it be as simple as like something like as Russell's maybe not in tune with his teammates? Like we we seen, we've seen this like for the last year or two that like Russell's trying to really become like all about himself in certain ways. What if he's not, he doesn't know his teammates that much? Because he's too much involved into himself. Like, is that even possible? I think I it's can possible. see that as a possible. Did you see? Sure. I don't know the defensive guy's name. Did you see the little flare up? Uh, oh, yeah, for so. I don't know what he said, but he didn't say either, hello. But it looked like, it looked like <laughs> Russell was like, oh. Yeah, he was <laughs> okay. Like, I was like, I got this. Okay. It's, it's all right. It's okay. And the head coach is standing right there. The head coach is standing right beside Russ, acting like he didn't hear none of it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to see that head coach there. I don't want to see him coach in the NFL. He needs to be gone. <laughs> I thought, honestly, real talk, I thought he was going to be fired when we started this. Like, I thought I was going to wake up this morning <laughs> to the news that Nathaniel Hackett was In the beginning gone. of the season when they, when when my man didn't call timeout. <laughs> you knew it was over. I knew it was over for him because they, this is common sense, brother. Hey, uh, you go? we got Where time on the clock, so pause it. I never even pause heard of you before. But, hey, yeah. it, it, worked it don't out. matter because it don't worked matter. out in our favor, and I'm just yeah. glad that I'm glad. What I'm glad about is the Carolina Panthers beat a team they should have beat, just like everybody else beat them. You know what I'm saying? Like the lat, the we were a part of the eight teams that beat the Broncos. Um, and congrats to you know Coach Wilkes being you know the only the second you know coach to to beat the Broncos in Panthers history. Um, you know, history in the making, right there. Oh, wow. Coach Fox. And uh, and Coach Wilkes, so there's something to say for that, you know. Um, Denver's not only got a coaching problem, but I think their bigger problem is they got ownership problems and GM problems. Yeah, you're the those are the people that made the decisions to not only hire Nathaniel Hackett, they also made the decision to trade their whole dang future for a quarterback that wasn't worth a damn when they traded for. And they gave him $253 million on top. How long is that extent? Like five years, six years? Oh, it's, yeah. It's So you can't yeah. trade him because you're they not going to get back you, they you, you're, you're not gonna get back what you sent out, like two firsts and a bunch of nonsense and went back to Seattle. You know who looks great in all this? Pete Carroll. Pete, Pete Carroll. Carroll looks 
Oh, it looks like Geno and Geno Smith. Although that defense guy ran all over yesterday. Good lord. Uh, Actually, I, I, um, I just yeah, I saw. Uh, I think it was on. It might have been on uh, on Get Up, but uh, someone was mentioning Denver needs a defensive coach like Rex Ryan, like someone that can kind of come in and be almost like a personality bigger than Russell Wilson. Because the way it is right now, Russell Wilson's the biggest personality in, in that building. So like, it's yeah. almost undermining the head coach. It's undermining all this other stuff. That defense is getting frustrated because they're holding teams to low scores and still losing games because the offense can't do anything. Like, Russell Wilson threw that ball in the dirt at least four or five times yesterday, it felt like, just because the play just wasn't there. <laughs> he just threw it I just dirt. hope Russell Wilson wasn't working out on the plane ride back home. <laughs> Going up and down the aisle. Yeah. <laughs> he might need to after that, though. So, I mean, let's uh, let's hit the – I want to hit the uh, the box score because I want to I want to focus on Sam Darnold because we have been really hard on Sam Darnold. Uh, before Stu got here, after Stu came, uh, after Darnold hurt himself, we've been pretty bad on on Sam Darnold. And I realized this. I was on the Believe NFL Live uh, show with Joey Christopoulos last night and uh, and Mark Bergen, and uh, I was like, you know, honestly, the three of us, I pretty much said all year, this Panther team, the way they're built, they just need a game manager. They just need a dude that can sit back there, not turn it over, throw for about two hundred, two twenty. Give me a touchdown or two and just keep the chains moving. And yeah. it's funny because it feels like after yesterday, that guy they've been looking for has been on the roster the whole time. And it's Sam Darnold because and Sam can actually Sam throw. Darnold be a guy that wouldn't make the big mistake either. Right. Mm-hmm. So m- let's talk about Sam for, for a second because it, it appears Sam, this is going to be Sam's team going forward for the rest of the year because I don't see Baker getting back on the field. Uh, PJ, I. I don't know what the deal is with that, but at this point, I don't think you can turn back to PJ after the performance Sam had. And Coach Wilkes already said that Sam's going to start when they come back in two weeks. Um, your thoughts first, Skyler, because you were you were I assume you were at Bank of America Stadium, got a chance to watch this. What were your thoughts on uh, Sam and his control of the offense? I mean, it was it was pretty dang good. I mean, I know he didn't get a lot of opportunities. He only threw the ball nineteen times, but like you said. He made the plays when he had to, and he didn't make any catastrophic mistakes, which he's been known for in the past. And he took what the defense was giving it to him. Like, if there wasn't anything there, he's, he was throwing the ball away or he was taking off with, you know, with the ball himself. Um, the the two plays that really kind of stuck out to me was that the touch the, – the touch where he threw off his back foot across body with DJ going across the field like that, that type of throw, I don't know that the other two quarterbacks on this roster can make. And I mean, that was just dropping the bucket. And that was with pressure in his face too. Like that, that's a, that's a damn tough throw to make. That's then the other one to DJ. Yeah, go ahead, Stu. No, I was about to say, those are the throws that you got to make in this league. Pressure in your face. It's not perfect. Nothing's really blocked up the way it should be, but you make the throw. Right, and those are the plays that you got to make, especially in red zone. Like, you only get too many opportunities to be down there knocking on the door, and and, and if there's a crack, you got to take it. Um, yeah. I mean, there was a similar play for Russell Wilson when they scored, right? I mean, yeah. it looked like he was legitimately like just locked down, and for whatever reason, he knew what he was doing, and he just threw it through a 
a small gaping hole <laughs> and completed the pass. But that was the only time Russell Wilson looked like Russell Wilson to me, where I was yeah. like, oh, he yeah. did it. He did one of those third and 15 joints that he normally pulls out. Um, yeah, but I mean, his arm, but Sam Darnold's arm strength, I mean, it just really kind of just makes us think like Baker started the year off starting, like, and then PJ came in. And obviously, you got to think about it. I mean, the coaching staff, the scouting department, they're the professionals. You know what I'm saying? We're sitting on the sideline just looking at it from the outside in. Looking at it now, everything that's transpired, it transpired by default because Sam Darnold was injured. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and so luckily he's healthy um, and he's playing well. He played well yesterday. Um, but the cool thing about all this is our offensive line gave up no sack. Man, there was some over-air shots of, of him falling back in the pocket where the pocket was so clean for, like, four yeah. or five seconds. And, like, as yeah. a Panther fan, the past couple of years, I'm just not used to seeing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to seeing a clean pocket where he can get set and actually find guys. It was weird to see decent quarterback play. Like, cause I'm not going to say that, you know, Sam Darnold was out here beating the world or whatever, that he was, you know – uh, Pat Holmes yesterday, you know, 11 for 19, 164 yards, one touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. The uh, DJ, though. That was, yeah, That that's why yeah. you pick him top three of that draft because he can do stuff like that. Because not every quarterback in the league, like you said, Skyler, can even do a, a throw like that. I felt more comfortable with Sam throwing yesterday than any of the other quarterbacks that have played this entire year. Like, I felt like I've been sitting on pins and needles watching these quarterbacks kind of figure out how to throw. I felt comfortable from – first snap with Sam back there he just felt like okay this this feels good it helped that we rushed for 185 yards too um yeah. we'll, we'll get I'm gonna get Stu's uh drop on that in just a bit but Skyler, Skyler finish uh your thoughts on uh Sam and you know what you think it might mean going forward because I don't think I don't think Sam ever really lost the locker room so to speak but then again we've had conversations about this where Sam he wasn't really a rah-rah type guy you know when he first got here and we thought that was holding him back. That was one of the reasons why we wanted Baker Mayfield. We wanted somebody that was like that in the locker room. Have you noticed a, a, maybe a difference in Sam since he's had time to sit and watch the game and, and had time to you know heal from injury? Yeah, I mean, it's actually – he's exactly the person I did my Monday morning thoughts column on this week. And it's a little plug there. Um, I, I kind of went into detail about the whole situation. And as I noted in the article, like – it it may just be a one game thing and we may see Sam return back to his old ways in two weeks when they go to Seattle. And you know what? That might be the case, but something for everyone to chew on over the next two weeks is like, look, Sam Darnold got rushed into that starting quarterback job in New York as a rookie. He didn't have a good mentor. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I can't remember who the veteran quarterback that they had at the time was. I don't think it was Joe Flacco. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, they, they don't even, they may have not even had one. Yeah. Um, they may have not even had competition. The offensive line was terrible. And he never had weapons. Like, he was just in a very bad situation. He comes to Carolina. Everyone thinks that's going to change. Well, he has an offensive coordinator that's that was not ready to be an offensive coordinator. He has a head coach that was not ready to be an NFL head coach. And he had an offensive line that was maybe just as bad, maybe worse, than he had in New York. Now he's got an NFL head coach that has experience. He's got an offensive coordinator that has experience as an OC and as a head coach. And he has an offensive line that can actually protect him. Like, this is the first time that Sam Darnold 
has been set up to at least have a chance to be successful. I'm not saying he will be, but to have a chance to be successful. On top of all that, you go back to that rookie year, he never had the chance to just sit back and learn and watch. He's had to do that because of the injury for the first 11 games of the season. Most rookies, when they come in, they sit for maybe 10, 11 weeks. And it really gives them a chance to, to succeed because they see everything unfold and they watch from afar. They go, oh, yeah, I would do this here. I would do that there. And he got to do that this year. Now, I, I, again, I don't know if that's going to make a difference or anything, but I'm just saying, hey, you know, <laughs> he looked pretty darn good yesterday. I think he's going to have a chance to look pretty good the rest of the way out because of the opponents that they face. And you know what? Maybe he becomes a, a decent NFL starting quarterback. Is he going to be the Panthers starter for out and into the future? I, I can't tell you that. But I Whoa, think yeah, that if you just think about all this. <laughs> hold, hold on a second, Skyler. If, <laughs> if you just think about all those things that come together, there's a reason to believe why he can be successful. Yeah. Um, I can yeah. tell you this. The best case scenario – Looking at this draft, looking at the rest of our season, because we're going to the playoffs. I just want y'all to know that. <laughs> the best case scenario is that Sammy continues to go hammy. Okay. Nice. And then and then and and everybody has just gotta say sorry. You know, like my bad. We were wrong. And well, I mean, what, what did I tell you last week? You ain't getting Bryce Young. Yeah, no. <laughs> you definitely ain't getting to the top. Uh, CJ Stroud right now. You got the number nine pick right now. Yeah. yeah. Get the best player. Don't even worry about the draft. It's November. Like, what are yeah. we – again. We're like, we going to we the playoffs. One of, my, one of my buddies, he's a Steeler fan, actually. Uh, he he texted me during the game uh, towards the end of it yesterday. He was like, man, the Panthers would be better off if they, they would lose some of these games. I'm like, why would they be better off? Like, I don't understand this logic. He sounds like a loser. Game. <laughs> that one dude can turn around a whole franchise. Like there isn't that guy in this draft. So I wish people would stop posting our draft positions and all that kind of stuff. But you know, here, we a game and a, we're a game and a half out of first place in a division that nobody wants to win. The Saints game on everybody yesterday. The, the Saints lost to the, the Browns in overtime. I looked at that score before and I was like, oh, the Saints, are, they're going to win that game. And I, I, no, not the Saints, the Bucks. The Bucks, uh, Bucks. I come back to it. And they're tied at 17 apiece or whatever it was in overtime. And the, the Browns are about to go up. And I'm like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> like yeah, how did this Nick even Chubb, go down? The, the, Falcons, the, the Falcons doing Falcons stuff. They lost yesterday. I told you. I told uh, you about them Falcons. And the Saints lose too? The Saints lost Yeah, the too. Saints they lost to the Niners. You knew, they got yeah, you knew, they got you knew the Niners was going to – that was a hard game. I'm looking at the stat sheet. Ooh, tough sledding out there. San but, Francisco, look out for San Francisco. We'll, we'll get into yeah. these other teams later on in the week because uh, I'm keeping an eye on San Francisco. They seem like once they got McCaffrey, they just kind of started rolling in a different way. And Jimmy Garoppolo is super underrated right now. Uh, he could have been yeah. a Carolina fan. Um, but <laughs> let's get into the rushing stats. I want to get your opinion on this, Stu, because I know, A, you were looking forward to this game since the schedule came out. And, and B, I know you don't like the Denver Broncos. So it had to be some sort of satisfaction to see Deonta Foreman rush for, you know, 24 carries, 113 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. Uh, Chuba got into it, 17 carries, 65 yards. Uh, Sam rolled into the end zone on a, uh, on a yeah, touchdown run. I love that. 
on RPO at yeah. that too. And that RPO, that was the exact thing I was talking about with Baker Mayfield because that wouldn't have happened with Baker. Baker would have handed it off. Sam yeah. had been doing that last year. Remember Skyler first three games of the year, he was running a little RPO and he was actually taking off. He's got some wheels on him. And when he took off, I wasn't surprised at all. I was like, oh, and then he fumbled. I was like, oh, then he rolled in. I was like, oh, <laughs> so, I mean, give me your thoughts on the run game yesterday. And uh, is this sustainable in your eyes, Stu? Yes, it is sustainable. I mean, at the end of the day, it's complimentary football to a defensive mindset head coach. You know, run the ball, play defense. And when it's there, take the shot. That's what happened yesterday. Um, I want to give some sugar to Chuba Hubbard. My man was running behind his pads yesterday. I didn't know who was the bruiser between him or Foreman. They both was out there bruising people, finishing they runs, yeah. out there finishing runs on the sideline. I saw one on, you know, he bounced it. Well, first, um, Deontay Foreman took a lead up the middle and bounced it to the left, and then he came out the game. He got got tripped up or whatever, and then Chuba Hubbard came in. Um, hold on, what is that noise? With you, anyway, there's like, <laughs> <laughs> like a commercial going on, but um, no, but um, no, but, <laughs> but um, but then right after that, Chuba Hubbard, you know, follows it up with the same exact play. They ran the same exact play, same exact play call, and he bounces it out to the left, and he finishes the DB. I mean, straight punishes him on the sideline. Those are the type of plays that you want to see out of your. Your running backs, which is setting the tone. It's setting the tone. You, when your offensive lineman sees you down the field and you just delivering blows at the end of runs, mm. like that excites them. And that's an identity like approach. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we're out here, we're going to run the ball, but we're not just running it to run it. We're running it to inflict pain. And that in is, our way, it's happening. We, we, bought, we bought that life. That's one thing that I've noticed has happened since Steve Wilkes has took over the team. And it was something we were all complaining about earlier on in the year that the team didn't have an identity. We didn't know what they were. We know who they are at this point. I mean, they they are what we asked for. They they yeah, are tough. tough nose, run the football, stop the run team. Like yeah. basic, yeah. you know. Basic. Um I love it. I love it. Yeah. Like I, Chuba Hubbard, a shout out to you for being a dog yesterday. They Chuba. uh, Chuba, how good can Chuba be? Huh? How good can Chuba be? Mm. He can be really good. He, he he has the north and south like running style. Just put just put one foot in the ground and go. And you know, I look at um. See uh who's the running back for the Dolphins now? Wilson. Um mm. that played for the Niners, right? Yeah. He's a yeah, guy yeah. that just plants one leg in the ground and goes. And if he needs to get a little shifty, he can do it. But he runs physical. Like you see these guys that are like two fifteen, two twenty maybe, but really two fifteen after the game at two oh eight because they sweat. <laughs> 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 but these guys that are just like built, not like you know, hard nosed runners, but they're out there just delivering, like and punishing guys. And you know, Chuba 
has size to him. He's what two twenty five, maybe. Got to be two twenty five, right? Yeah. Um, but the way he was running yesterday was like, nah, like y'all playing me for a fool. And I really appreciate how he ran yesterday. Um, you know, it was just a, it's just good to have. It's good to have two running backs um, that complement each other well, really well. Because when yeah. one guy comes out and they're tired from from running all over the place, another guy comes in fresh legs. You know, it's it just like me and D'Angelo. You know, mm-hmm. whether whether it's me and Fozzie, even even Toad. Like, no matter who's coming into the game. It's gonna be the same delivery, you know, and that's what you need. We didn't. We kind of got away from that um, once you had left, and they kind of just gave it to CMC. It was kind of a one back type system, but it made it so easy to key in on that one guy. Um, they asked me last night on the Believe uh, Pod, was it waving a white flag when we traded off McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson? And I was emphatically like, no. Like those were individual situations where. Look at what Robbie's done since he's been traded. Yeah, he's been non-existent. Like literally, he. I think I think the league forgot about him, honestly. Um, and the team that he's on, and then with McCaffrey, it was. I think it just got to a point where it just made sense to move on from him. And the the amount of draft collateral we got back for him made a lot of sense too at that position. And then especially knowing going into it, if you're going to let him go, this is going to be the plan that we're going to do. You know, dual back. People forget Chuba Hubbard at Oklahoma State led the NCAA in rushing his senior year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he, he can get some – he can gobble yards up. Uh, there was one play – shout out to the offensive line. I, well, I'm going to start starting them out every week because yeah. there was a couple of Dogs. holes yesterday. Dogs. <laughs> they open up. There was one. They handed off to Hubbard, and I looked ahead, and there's a hole about a mile wide that yeah. he tried to get to so fast. Like, he tried yeah. to get to it, and he got, like, shoestring tackled about six, seven yards into it. And he just but got he wrapped – yeah, he just got Ooh. wrapped up by D lineman that got pushed so far back into yeah. the position to where he was a linebacker <laughs> all of a sudden. So he got tackled yeah. by a D lineman that was playing linebacker because he got blocked uh, so well. <laughs> I was like, I was like these holes and alleyways that this offensive line is starting to, to to build. This was not here in the beginning of the year. And I got a point to Bradley Bozeman, man. I, I think him getting in there and starting to play at center solidified yeah. the unit. And plus it helps whenever whenever you have a, a starting five offensive line that has that doesn't miss any games. They've all been there like every game. And I'm pretty sure they've started the same five, at least now for the past six or seven games. And the, the other four have been there every game. You start to build a little continuity. And now like to what you were saying, Stu, now they know going into it, oh, we're going to run the ball 35 times. We're going to run the ball can, 40 times. You know? you know what's fun about this? And, and Stu can probably attest to this too. When you're starting to play winning football and you're getting into late November and December and you're running the football, mm-hmm. that is what's fun because you know that you have to run the ball late in the year. I mean, for for many reasons, right? I mean, the quarterbacks aren't or shoulder competing, getting tired. You, the weather's going to get into the play, like a whole lot of things. But you have to run the ball. Yeah. Conditions are going to be bad. Like, and to know that you know how to do it and you have an offensive line that can pave the way for you. That's when things just start opening up, and you see a whole bunch of confidence start coming from those running backs. And I think that's what we've seen the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, teams start preparing for you differently, which then opens up the passing game. I'm telling you, fellas, the chess game. <laughs> it's gonna get nice. We about we about to go nine and eight. Hey, <laughs> hey, somebody, uh, somebody asked that earlier on. Um, 
if that's still a possibility, Colt Clemmer, uh, yeah, Colt. Mailback Monday, it's nine. You and already eight. know how I'm rolling, baby. Nine and nine and eight, baby. Hey, <laughs> hey, Someone said it too. One week at a time, but you know, look, we don't have to. We don't have to be one. We don't have to be one week at a time anymore. We, yeah. we can. We can, <laughs> we can look into the future and talk about the future all we want. If you, the if Panthers, you, the Panthers in that locker room, they have to think about this one week at a time. I'm if, gonna if say nine and eight. Seattle, if they get past Seattle, they can get on a run. Yeah, it's not that daunting. Looking at they're at Seattle, four twenty-five kickoff when we come back from the bye, December the eleventh. Detroit's uh, a tricky game, I will say. People don't give yeah. them credit. They've been playing yeah. a lot. Detroit's good. Detroit Dan, I like good. Dan Campbell. I remember uh, I watched the um, hard knocks in the preseason. Any coaches out there telling his players to bite ankles and stuff, I'm, I'm <laughs> rocking with him. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just, he's a different level. Like, you look like he can How do you right say now. it? How do you say it? He's like, man, I want how – did, how did he – he was just talking about how he wants these certain type of players that are willing to scratch and claw and, and bite somebody's ankle and – Spit it out, jersey, and yeah, and spit them out, and blah, like he's just a football dude. So he um, must like chicken wings, then. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Dan Campbell, like he put a whole basket of chicken wings away. Like he, he's got like those Popeye forearms. You know what I mean? Like he, he oh, works yeah. out. He's, if you just right. listen to him talk, like he just sounds like an old school football dude. Just yeah, just like yeah, I love it. But look, they got the, they got their home versus the Steelers, and then home versus the Lions on Christmas Eve. Uh, two winnable games. Uh, Steve Wilkes is undefeated at home uh, currently right now at the Bucks, at the Saints to finish the season. So they're a game and a half out of first with Tampa losing. Well, the whole league, well, the whole division lost yesterday. Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Tampa's five and six. Atlanta's five and seven. We're four and eight and third. New Orleans is bringing up the rear at four and eight. We get to play the Bucks and the Saints again uh, before this is all said. They're and done. The Saints. I'm telling you right now, they're sweeping the Saints. I, yeah, yeah, because by that point, I, I would imagine the Saints might be packing it up and thinking about there you know, whatever. Yeah, they're uh, thinking about they're going to think about you know they're arranging for the off season where they're going to train yeah. at, where they're going to vacation <laughs> at. But yeah. that middle little group right there at home Steelers at home Lions, like you said, Scott, if they can get past Seattle, which they could do with this formula. I mean, the Seattle's basically doing the same thing. You know, run the football, play good defense, don't turn it over. Beat you know, Seattle with their own game. I mean, that's, yeah, that's it's hard, hard especially where, where the game's at. But and as efficient as Gino's been, but. man, I'm, it's setting up like 2014 to me. It feels like the Panthers are gonna come up from the rear, and Darnold Darnold can play like this. I, I did want to mention too. I was noticing. I'd started noticing a couple weeks ago, but. Is it just me, or is quarterback play down across the whole league? Because it feels Offense like – down. Okay. Because it's like yeah. – remember how we used to be like – it felt like half the league was throwing for 300 yards, like every Sunday. And now when I see the stats, like looking at this game, Russell Wilson, 19 for 35, 142 yards and a touchdown. Sam Darnold, 11 for 19, 164 yards and a touchdown. And, it, and normally, a couple of years ago, we'd be like, ugh, like that, that's horrible stats. Today, we're like applauding it. And like, that's the way we want to see him play. What do you think attributed to that? Because all the rule changes have helped the offense. So why all of a sudden are all these quarterbacks playing kind of kind of stinky? Like, I don't think you, you're, I don't think you're getting a lot of deep shots like you used to. I think why, the Chiefs, why I think that? the Chiefs got exploited, you know, last two years when Tariq Hill was there. Well, where this is, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's pretty much like oh we'll just play this defense we'll just <laughs> we'll just make you have to figure it out like we're gonna play basic drop back when it when it matters into passing situation and you're not going deep 
And so we're gonna have to you're gonna have to really read these coverages um to make some plays. The and teams so, that are going deep are actually the ones atop the league. Kansas City, Buffalo, Miami. Like Miami, yeah. people need to start paying attention to what Miami's doing because Tua, I would yeah. put Tua right up there with Pat Mahomes for MVP right now. Like he is his release is so quick. Like I, I kind of yeah. forgot. Um and with the receivers he's got. Miami yeah, can yeah. throw can drop 30 on anybody. Like it yeah. speed, man. Yeah. Tyreek Hill needs to be up there for MVP consideration too. It shouldn't just be a, a quarterback award. This dude, he's gonna cross two thousand yards, I think. Receiving. Easy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I need to check his stats, but he's got like five more games to go. Um the league just goes through these waves where like you, you have a four or five year period where the offensive numbers start rising. And then the defense comes back and they kind of have their four or five year window. And it might be a four or five window or the rushing attacks better or the passing is better. There's going to be these waves because people adapt. You know, these guys are good at what they do. The coaches are good at what they do. If you if if uh, if a new kind of style of football is being played, which kind of is what happened when they start airing things out and, and going to shotgun all the time and spread people out, defensive coordinators adjusted to that. Now it's time for the offense coordinators to adjust. Like, how do they, how do they counter that? Well, you've seen it with Carolina. You've seen it with a few other teams. They're going back to old school football. Run the ball. Yeah. Run the ball. Like, it's, it's, it's going to happen. But I, I also think, too, like, you're seeing better defense across the board at places you normally don't expect or, or like, or value maybe in the past. Like, I think the safety position, even though it's not a valued position, per se, you're seeing a lot better play from safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you have safeties, exactly when you have safeties that can help in the run game and that are just flat out dominant in pass coverage like that that completely changes how you look at a, a defense you know in terms of its picture that that was one of the most underrated pickups that scott fritter had in the off seasons for me was getting xavier woods at safety to match him with jeremy chin great playing the ball yesterday yeah that man the defense was all overplayed brian burns man I was telling out, out ten sacks. Yes, sacks. I was telling the friend because they were like, uh, "Y'all should have took the picks." Blah blah blah. I'm like, Brian Burns is showing you right now why Carolina was like, "No, we don't want to first because you can't find dudes like him in every draft. Like he has grown into. He's almost to. I don't want to say it. Say he's he's kind of grown into that Julius Peppers role, like where mm-hmm. he's just a problem. You got to scheme for him, like when you're getting yeah. into the game, you know, like because he can do things athletically that. You just kind of scratch your head at like, did I just see that? Like, you know, like did yeah. I just see that correctly? Burns got a little of that in him, and he's young. I don't think this was a contract year, but they'd be wise to extend him uh, <laughs> this off season before he gets up into like stupid Aaron Donald type money. Like, because that's I feel like his trajectory is that. Like, he can get there, and I'm so happy they kept him because the stalwarts of this team, the cornerstones, their own defense. Uh, Ryan Burns, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn. They got some dogs on defense, and they're all on rookie contracts right now. Like, you can really build something the next two or three years under the salary cap if you can just make sure you've got that quarterback position straight and you've got the right dude at coach. Um, did yesterday tell you guys that Steve Wilkes is the dude? Or Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm Steve Wilkes all the way. It just feels different. Like, it yeah. feels like a different team with him and uh i listened to the um the steve wilkes press conference after the game the post game it was like six minutes or whatever and i was poking around after the believe thing so i went to it to watch it 
I love the fact that, and Skylar, maybe you could talk to this. It feels like he answers every question before you guys get a chance to ask. Like he literally, he runs down the box floor. <laughs> like he has it like memorized. He comes to the podium. He's not looking at paper or nothing. He's just like, yeah, you know, Sam threw 464 yards, like, you know, 11 for 19, you know, had a touchdown, rolled in there one time. And, you know, DJ hit him on that slant that one time in the third quarter, blah, blah, blah. Deonta got off going and, you know, 125 yards rushing. Blah. Like he gets to every single thing that you would probably want to ask him he addresses it <laughs> like right. right at the very beginning. And then, so by the time it's time to ask questions, it's like three, four minutes of questions where y'all are just kind of like, well, I know he already said this, but I want him to expand on it. Can you talk about, you know, Deontay going for 124 yards? Well, like I said before, you know, 124 yards on total cap. That's just kind of his thing. What's it like interviewing him in these post-game uh, conferences compared to uh, Coach Rule's approach uh, <laughs> before? I mean, there are two completely different types of coaches in terms of, like, how they answer your questions. Like, Matt, I feel like, was more storytelling. Like, he would be willing to, like, give you the big picture. Um, as, you know, I mean, he would go and, like, and go on a, a, a two-minute response. But the end of the day. He, he's more like he, – he just – he doesn't need to, to fluff up the story. He's just going to give you the answer that you are – Maybe not what you're looking for, but he's going to give you the answer to the question. He's going to be yeah. straight. He's not going to go into you know a whole bunch of things. I mean, people are different. That's how they get to it. But I thought Matt was always good for the most part in terms of answering questions. But it was just like it took longer for him to get to where he was trying to get to. <laughs> um, but Steve, I love like even yesterday, like it, it just shows the kind of person and and, and man that he is. Like it, they probably didn't they probably didn't catch it on on camera, but. It was like well after, you know, probably the camera shut off. He was walking off, and and Joe Person was getting ready to ask one more question, and he's like, "Ah, oh, never mind." And he stopped. He was like at the door, heading to the locker room. He turned around, and said, "No, go ahead and ask your question." And no, he, it was on there. Yeah, I saw that. Hey, it was on yeah, there. They came back stand. He didn't go up to the podium. He just stood there and, and and answered the question. Like he's always been that top of the line guy. Like he, like a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was wearing my App State hat, and obviously he went to App State. And he was messing with me, and the next day I ended up wearing – I don't even know. I think it was like a Winston-Salem State shirt or something. He's, he started messing with me. He's like, man, what the heck? I thought you were, you were an App State guy. And I was like, I got to switch it up, Coach. Like, he's <laughs> he's super chill like that. And Personable. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I lo and I want him to get this opportunity, and I hope that David Tepper – because to me it would show the community that David Tepper gets it. If, if David Tepper ignores what's going on to go try to get a Jim Harbaugh or somebody like a big splash, then he's ignoring what makes Steve Wilkes perfect for this job. West Charlotte High School, App State grad, worked under Rivera during the, the peak of the Panthers, uh, has been a head coach in the league before. The players all love him. Uh, they're playing hard for him. They're playing their, their, their butts off for this dude. And it's starting to get results. Whereas – before we were just seeing a, a tire spinning its wheels with Matt Rule, and it, it feels like the team's getting better underneath Coach Wilkes, and that's the difference yeah. to me. Um, I did want to get to before we get out of here because I know both of you guys got to get out. Um, news on the Matt Rule front that actually affects the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Matt Rule is your new head coach for the University of Nebraska. Signed a, uh, I'm trying to find the article now. Signed, a, if I'm not mistaken, eight year deal. 
seven year no eight year deal so 72 million dollars uh skylar can you explain how that benefits the carolina panthers <laughs> um it doesn't really benefit the team spending but it just saves david tepper money <laughs> yeah yeah it sense. benefits david tepper maybe that was a better way to, <laughs> yeah. to put it, it, it's, it was a great day for david tepper but a yeah. lot of that was <laughs> there's a reason why he let him go when he didn't he didn't wait because he knew that this was a very real possibility so yeah it's going to save tepper millions of dollars but it's not going to really like it's not going to go against the salary cap right so so basically for those that were complaining that you know they were gonna have to pay i think when he walked out the door matt rules owed like 40 million dollars or something from the panthers uh guaranteed unless he took another head coaching job that money from his head coaching job would offset whatever the panthers owed um with him getting this money and again today that, that's an owner's mistake like if he makes that mistake He's got to pay for it, not, not right. the team. Yeah. So, but and, and it's not like David Tepper ain't got it. So, I mean, we're talking like, you know, do I want to get a Big Mac today, or do I want to go get a, a double Whopper today? Like, <laughs> like it's literally, oh, <laughs> it's different. I, it's a different. I feel like vibe. a guy like Tepper, man. Like a dollar is a dollar. There's still value there. That's so. true too. Actually, probably means more to him than us. That's kind of so, how I got him. <laughs> <laughs> so, shout out to Tepper, man, for getting your money back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to University of Nebraska. He needs to send them like a a greeting card or something. Just like you know, just thinking about nah, y'all. Ain't gotta send them nothing. He ain't gotta send them nothing. <laughs> Nebraska, I, I feel, Nebraska, y'all for, have fun. Yeah, I feel I do feel good for Matt Rule because I feel like he is a college coach, and we said yeah. it before. It's okay. Not yeah. everybody can coach the pro- Nick yeah, Saban. I think horrible. I think he'll be really successful at the college level, mm-hmm. man. I mean, that's a stumping ground. It's that same area where he was with Baylor, too, in terms of the same recruiting area. It's still going to be Nebraska's Big Ten. So, you know, it, he's going to be – it's a it's a, a dormant powerhouse college program. Like, if he can re- resurrect Nebraska, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a redemption project right there, you know, for Matt Rule. And I think he'll be successful. I really do. I think he'll be fine there. But I want Steve Wilkes to be the head coach here. Um, I know both you guys got to get out. You got hard outs. Uh, we're going to stop it here. We don't have a game to preview because we're on the bye. So we'll be back on Thursday, and we'll just kind of do an around the NFL open mailbag. We'll do tell them why you're mad. I'm sure we'll have something between now and then uh, to discuss. That'll probably be early afternoon like we normally do on Thursdays around 1 p.m. Um, <clears throat> if you guys want to follow us uh, on Twitter, you can do so. My handle's at uh, underscore Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505. You can catch uh, Stu at Jonathan Stewart one. So uh, one instead of the T. And then uh, Skyler is at Callahan underscore. So you can get the latest news from him for uh, the Carolina Panthers and the Charlotte Hornets uh, for Sports Illustrated. Our Hornets are just. Uh, they're, hey, they're, they're on the up and up, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, they're struggling. They, they, uh, is, are they going to put uh, LaMelo back out there? Like, it feels like he's just going to sit the year out at this point like yes a hot spring spring uh, <laughs> ankle sprains are not fun to deal with man especially and then he's again yeah like, all you're gonna do is it, all, your ankle is just your ligaments and everything is just stretch so it's just like well basketball like, player i might just, just out there rolling on stuff like that like it ain't stable man it ain't fun so he gonna be he need to sit out for at least until like after June. Valentine's Day, if it was up to me. I want Victor Wimbayama. 
I want Victor. I watched the film of this dude. He's yeah, seven I'm three. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he's ridiculous. Put him on the around. He's moving around like he like five ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like a seven foot three Tracy McGrady to me. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, I can work with that. You put that with LaMelo. I don't care who else you put with him. They can run the East for a little while. But hey man, before we go back to these Panthers, I want to just give a nice shout out as we go into this bye week. Positive vibes to the defense, positive vibes to the offense. May you heal up. May you re-energize your your mind and find some some soothing um, time off uh, on your bye week. And you know, shout out to Frankie Louvu, Shaq yes. Thompson, mm. uh, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin. Uh, J.C. Horn, um, Brian Burns, y'all some dogs, and y'all deserve some time off because this is to have a bye week this far into the season. You really had to go through some stuff this year, and you deserve some time off after that win. Um, but come back ready to play. Let's get yeah, but we got some work to do. Like I, I really want to like the people that wrote us off. People still writing us off right now, but yeah, that's fine. Whatever. What are you, you know what whatever. I said? Don't be coming <laughs> up. Don't be coming up to me. I'm 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 going through my list of people on 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 Instagram, Twitter, all the people that have been saying stuff. I don't want to hear you talking. I don't want to hear you at the nine and eight, baby. Let's you. win it out. Let's just win it yeah. out and, and just nine cause and complete chaos in the NFC playoffs. Because yeah, like yeah. at that point, who would want to play us? Because they have no idea what's going to show Nobody. up at their stadium. Nobody, baby. <laughs> so we're going to end it on that note. Uh, you can catch the uh, the recap of this on all major podcast platforms. The audio, uh, the video, of course, is at Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel. For Jonathan Stewart, Skylar Callahan, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina podcast. Excuse me, the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.